He's got the toilet paper on him, but he can't. He jumped up on the table. He can't walk straight because of the toilet paper. Oh my goodness. Matu Ferrata Nectar. Okay. where we talk about all manner of spooky, macabre, and taboo subjects. I'm Grace, and uh, of course, with me again is Adam, because the coronavirus is still a thing, people. Hello. There is a fly buzzing around. There is, yeah. Oh. I pissed them off when I cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> They're not happy with me. It's an uprising of flies. Um, so there's a lot going on this week. Uh, the world's on fire, both figuratively and literally, and we're not going to talk about it, but I'm very stressed out. And uh, also, things have been just really crazy at work. I've been working massive over time. Today, I worked 10 hours, and that, yeah. was, that wasn't just me being at work 10 hours. I worked 10 hours. Um, so I didn't really have time to, like, research an episode this week, like, it was this morning, and I was like, what are we going to talk about tonight? So um, what I decided on, and I think that this is a fair compromise because it's kind of something I wanted to do anyway. Um, I'm going to go through my uh, Halloween movie marathon list and kind of break some of them down, talk about things I liked, things I didn't like. Um, full disclosure, we may not cover the whole list just um, for time. For time. But I promise the ones that I don't talk about are either ones where I'll just be like, I love this movie, I love this movie, I love this movie. Or, you know, like, everyone's seen it. So, but we'll see. We might get through the whole list. So. Dun, dun, dun. And today we have the pumpkin wrapper with us. We do. Um, it's a beautiful action figure. I will, uh, I'll put pictures up on my Instagram. But uh, our friend Luke made this for me because I love the pumpkin wrapper episode of the Power Rangers for many, many, many reasons. Uh, the first is, uh, what can this monster do, Adam? Will attempt to distract you with his clever raps and rhymes. That's correct. And then there is a group of, again, this was in the uh, 90s. There is a group of mostly white children rapping at a pumpkin. And uh, it's a sight to behold. But I think maybe my favorite part about that episode is that um, Tommy is walking to his karate match and he's just taking a leisurely stroll through the pumpkin patch. How you de-stress. Right? And then all of a sudden the pumpkins attack and he starts, you know, kicking and he's doing all this karate. And some sweet roundhouse kicks. What? That goes to my story. So oh. we met so we met JDF, uh, Jason David Frank, the uh, Green Power Ranger, a couple of years ago. And he asked us what our favorite moments were. And I went, uh, the, the episode where you're just like taking a leisurely walk through the pumpkin patch. And he said to me, is that the one where I'm doing those sweet roundhouse kicks? And I said, yes, it is. And very cool, dude. Very, very cool, dude. I cannot, I, I don't have an, I, mm, I just, 
I don't even have the words. You can see, he's just kind of sweetest human being. Of course, I say that about almost all the celebrities that we yeah. <laughs> that we've met. But we should do an episode just on that on celebrities. Celebrities we've met. Well, not just celebrities we've met, but cons that we've gone to. So we can um, brag about our awesome lives. I mean. I'm not looking at it right now because it's on the other side of this wall, but we have a whole wall of uh, autographs. I am looking at our Henry Winkler one right now, though. It's true. We have a, a picture book of his. We do. And that uh, Henry Winkler was a total surprise. Our buddy Luke wanted to go see him, and we were like, you know what? We'll do it. And then as we stood in line, we just got really excited. Also a very nice man. I'm going to tell this story real quick because I am so proud of this story. So we met him. And we were getting ready to leave and he shook my hand and he put, he did that thing where he puts both hands on either side of my one hand and he looks at me and he goes, he's a very lucky man. And I was like, oh, Henry Winkler. <laughs> True story. Oh, there is a cat fight happening behind us. Let's talk more about how we don't have time to cover all of the. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, but real quick, this, uh, this action figure. Yeah, our buddy Luke um, knows that I really like the pumpkin wrapper, so he took an old, what is it? It's a Power it's a Power Ranger action figure, yeah, and he uh... spray-painted it blue, and then he made a head out of, like, uh, silly putty or, like, poster putty, and then he, like, carved the face into it and painted that. So it's, it's pretty sweet. I'll put some pictures up on your Instagram. All right, so um, Adam is a big fat loser, who I love dearly, and he watched like three of these movies with me. So these are gonna not yeah. my thing. So you're not gonna have a lot to uh, contribute, but I think uh, I think you'll be you'll you'll have some stuff to say. I think so. It's not gonna be a one sided conversation. That's what I'm saying to you. All right, so day number one. So I wanted to do something to kind of ease myself in, and um, I, I've i been wanting to watch Death Becomes Her for a very long time, because I remember this movie came out in 1992, like just a couple months before I was born, so it's older than I am, but I remember when I was like five or six, I think I was at my babysitter's house, and there's this, uh, this scene where they're like walking through the corridor, and everything's very like... Um, it's got kind of kind of like a Beetlejuice vibe a little bit. And I remember it like scared the crap out of me. And I was like, this movie must be so, so scary. And so like my whole adult life, I was like, this movie's probably real creepy. And it is, but it's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, but it stars Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. And uh, it's, I mean, it's a fun, fun ride. Is this pre-Die Hard or after Die Hard? don't know. I want to say after, but I have no idea when Die Hard came out. Was it the 80s? Yeah, the 80s. Okay, so then this Before is... Jacob Tillman. This is, yeah, this is after Die Hard. This is post-Die Hard. Post-Die Hard? Yeah. At least the first one? Right, right. Well, yeah, if, it, if you want to get real technical, it's in the middle of Die Hard. Uh, da, da, da. 88. Sorry, not 84. Oh. 88. I mean, close enough. In the relativity of time itself, um, but yeah, it, I really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's sick and twisted in a very fun way, if that makes sense. So basically, uh, Meryl Streep is this aging actress 
and uh, she wants to look young forever. And then her ex-best friend, who was engaged to Bruce Willis, but now Bruce Willis is married to Meryl Streep and very unhappy about it. So Goldie Hawn's character um, just looks like, comes back into their lives and looks very fit and very, very good looking for her age. And so uh, Meryl Streep finds out that there was like this magic potion that she took to look young forever. But here's the problem. It's basically an immortality spell, but if you die, your body's going to like decay and yeah. So it's, yeah. So they both die. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But it's uh, it's fun. It's, it's a fun little ride. Um, All right. Day number two, Devil's Carnival. This is one of my absolute favorite, like Halloween-esque movies. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name, but Terrence, it's either Dunnich or Zdunich. It's Z-D-U-N-I-C-H. Um, and he created this musical. And he also did uh, Repo Man. We've seen that one. We have seen that one. Yeah, which is also a musical. And he plays the devil in this. And he's just got this very beautiful, like, low voice. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a musical. It's very, very weird. So you need to be into weird. And um, it's about people who die and they go to the devil's carnival and basically they have to pay for their sins and there's these different parables and it's again it's very fun i love it so much it is a fun ride and the music's really good too. a ride to die for some might say there's a diehard joke in there somewhere and i can't figure it out i don't know (laughs) it's there all right day number three one of my absolute favorite movies of all time Little Shop of Horrors. Um, ooh, also, I should mention that Devil's Carnival came out in 2012. Uh, so Little Shop of Horrors is from 1986. It is a musical. And uh, the musical came out, It's uh, I believe it was on Broadway. I could be wrong, but I, I believe it was. Um, came out before the movie. And so the movie stars uh, Rick Moranis as Seymour and um, Ellen Green, who was the original, I believe the original Audrey in the musical uh, and Steve Martin's in it. Yep. And it's, I I love this movie so, so much. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the last episode when I was in the fifth grade, I was the Audrey to Venus flytrap for Halloween. so yeah, it's about a Venus flytrap. It basically, so you find out through the course of the movie that it's actually an alien from outer space. And, uh, one month from today. Oh, my birthday's in one month from today. My mom just texted me. Oh, it's like one month from today. Start buying presents, Adam. Shoot, where was I? Oh yeah, okay, so you find out that the plant's actually an alien from outer space and that it got beamed down during this uh, total eclipse of the sun. And so, yeah, so Seymour is this, he works in a flower shop and he finds this little plant because he collects strange and unusual plants and uh, their flower shop isn't doing so hot. So he puts it in the window to try to attract people and it works. But then he finds out that nothing can you know feed the plant like plant food's not working water's not working until one day he accidentally pricks his finger 
Oh my and God. he finds out that the Venus flytrap be sun blood. And then, uh, so as this is going on, it, you know, progressively, like, it needs more and more blood. And to the point where the plant starts talking and singing and uh, Seymour has to kill somebody. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which he may or may not actually do. But it's, I just, I love everything about this movie. I love the music. I love the costumes. I love acting. I love how quirky it is. It's it's a good time. Um, okay. Here we go. We've been having some fun. I've been talking about some movies that I love. Day number four, Sleepaway Camp. I hated this movie, and let's find out why. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you you fell asleep during this movie, and uh, that has nothing to... Sounds like me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't because of the movie. Like, you were just tired. And then you woke up when it was over, and I remember I was just like, you are so lucky that you didn't see that. This is the worst ending to a film I've ever seen. I didn't get it. Like, whatever. So if you were a fan of this movie... Um, I'm sorry, and also maybe you should go get some help because. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I didn't like this movie. So it came out in uh, 1983, and I'm a big fan of a like cheesy early 80s movie. Uh, I really, really am, as you will see as we go down this list. Here was my issue with this movie i was very confused a lot um it didn't really go anywhere there were a whole bunch of scenes that like made no sense like why was it in there like it didn't it didn't further the plot and then there were things that they needed to talk about that they didn't talk about blue radley's playing with the bag in the background he's in he's he's the takeout um so yeah just it, it was just confusing and it was a lot longer than it needed to be and questions were answered, and then the ending. So spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you what happens. Um, basically, so the movie begins with, you see two kids and their dad on a boat, and then they capsize, and the I have so many problems with this scene in general, but then there's um, two campgoers, I'm assuming, they're like teenagers, driving this speedboat, and then there's somebody water skiing on the back, and... Uh, they end up running over this family. So you know that the dad dies. You know that one of the kids dies. Um, and then it like flashes forward like eight years, I think maybe. And you see the daughter who survived this this uh, accident. And she's going to camp. And she's really quiet and shy and whatever. And, you know, um, so then the movie happens and like I said, a lot of pointless stuff and kids start dying because it's a camp, you know, in the eighties. And, uh, at the very, very end you find, so she's sitting there naked with this, and she's supposed to be like 14 years old. Um, and she's, she's got this, this boy, this other like camp age boy, um, is like, it looks like he's like laying down with his head in her lap and these counselors come up cause they're like, we have to save them from the killer. These kids are out there. There's oh a killer. God. So they come up and they're like, Angela, is that you? Whatever. Well, then you see the boy's head topple over and the counselors just go like, how can it be? And you're like, okay, okay. What's happening? And then Angela, the 14 year old girl stands up 
and she's like growling for some reason with like an agape sure. expression and um then the camera pans back and it's this hairy ass grown ass naked man wearing a like a mask of the actress um basically saying that she was her brother the whole time that the daughter didn't survive the accident the brother did and that the crazy aunt decided that she didn't want to raise another boy she wanted to raise a daughter i will give you that's a kind of cool twist just that little storyline the way that they handled it was very disgusting and i'm very upset about it um because it didn't first of all it didn't explain why she's killing um and literally the end of the movie is just she's a boy and that's the end that's the end of the movie you don't know why she's killing you don't like you get no other answers and um basically it seems like the message of the story is essentially that she was forced to live or he was forced to live as a girl and that just made him snap and now he's crazy and whatever like okay i didn't get but also like it's supposed to be a 14 year old girl you got a hairy grown-ass man like it was clearly like a man's body i don't know i just it it just i have a lot of feelings about a lot of uh quote political issues that are not political issues they are you know human issues but whatever and um i feel like this just (laughs) went against everything that i believe and it it made me very angry um i think the thing that made me the most angry was that I had, I'd heard for a long time that this was like one of the great like 80 slasher movies and I was like this was just a piece of garbage from start to finish again if you liked it I'm very sorry but oh god all right moving on day five day five the return of the living dead um so this one came out in 1985 great year and uh, it's a zombie movie. And basically it's like a kind of a parody of all zombie movies up to this point. And it changes the genre a little bit. This is the first time that we hear zombies talk and they go brains. Right. And um, it's just, it was, it, was, it was very fun. And there's all of these punk rock kids and um, it's supposed to like, you know, draw parallels to like the dead and dying and there's a there's a whole thing about the guy who directed this one with him and Romero. Yeah. Like they split and then he was like, Screw it, I'll do this one. I'll have the zombies talk. But I used to know that story, I don't anymore. Oh. Would have would have been a great story for the Well, I didn't I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked this one. It was just just everything about I, I really liked the zombie effects. I love this scene where the, the cops show up and the zombies are eating them and then the one zombie gets on the radio and goes, send more cops. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a, it's a very, very fun one. Um, day number six, Host. This is a Shudder original, but I think maybe you can get it on Amazon Prime. Um, the thing, I kind of talked about this one last week. Uh, the thing I love the most about this is that it was conceived and filmed entirely during the pandemic. Oh, right, and, this one. Yeah. And um, the guy that directed it, he was on a Zoom call with his friends, uh, a lot of whom are in this movie. And he basically played this prank on them where he was like, guys, I keep hearing this weird noise in my attic. I'm going to go check it out. And then he like 
cut this footage together of he's like panning around his attic and then this like scary monster pops out and then he quote falls backwards down the ladder and you just see all of his friends freak out and they're like what what and then one guy starts clapping he's like how'd you do that (laughs) and then so that's where the idea came from they're like we need to do this now's the time um and i'm not again i talked about this last week i'm not a fan of uh like webcam movies like what was that one uh unfriended unfriended i didn't i wasn't a big fan of that one um but this one was good because i mean it was it was a story that you've kind of sort of heard before but it was like a brand new take on it and um you know there were all of these jump scares that you knew were coming but they stretched them out really long and so it was playing on all of the things that are usually overdone in scary movies and you've seen them a million times and you're like okay whatever but it like did them in new and interesting ways it was it was very very good um day number seven you watched this one with me hellraiser oh i did yeah, yeah i did so we had never seen this one before this is from 1987 um and it was it was it was very good i liked it yeah i felt like i had to watch it because we did that one episode right where i talked about Christy or Christy, whatever her name is. Whatever her name is. I still can't remember. It's okay. Yeah. And uh, I just felt obligated. And we did. Yeah. Um, I love the special effects, especially for the 80s. Um, I, I just, I like Pinhead. I don't know what it is about him. I like him. Fun fact, I've told you this before, but I haven't told your listeners. Oh. He was supposed to be, or he was proposed to be um, in an alternate maybe a definite ending of freddy versus jason yeah yep. that would have been interesting he was supposed to show up and go what the hell is going on here and then drag him to hell Whoa, wow that's um shoot i can't remember his name but the guy that plays pinhead um has often said that he's you know pinhead's like this creature from hell but that he'll you know have a glass of tea with you and talk about shakespeare's not what he said but like you know like a very refined fellow. And I get that. Doug Bradley? Doug Bradley. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Apparently he's portrayed by several actors, so that's kind of weird. Pinhead is? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Played by Doug Bradley, huh. Jay Gillespie, Balti Tyler, and Stephen Smith Collins. I wonder... You have to also keep in mind of how many movies there well that's the thing is i know doug bradley's been in a lot of them so how many hellraiser movies have there been like yeah that's a that's a research for another day that's a research for another day all right so day number eight this is an old favorite of mine i was watching too many uh too many not downer movies but heavy movies so i decided to go with scooby-doo on zombie island that's a good one. you from... should have watched scoob i should have i thought about watching scoob it's a classic just came out yeah this is a classic yeah, well anything with uh second front yeah um so this one came out in 1998 and i i've told you this my sister and i loved this movie we had the vhs tape i think we wore it out we would just watch it over and over and over again and uh we used to get to the point where they were singing um oh gosh what's that song terror terror time again um 
and we used to just like watch that and then rewind it and watch that again and it's a fun i mean it was scary when we were kids because they're zombies but i just really it's it's got to be a lot of nostalgia but i just really really love this movie it's so much fun and it's you know it's scooby so it's comforting and it's a good one and you didn't watch it with me i didn't so you missed out was i in the middle of a show probably probably yellowstone you've been in the no it was before that before yellowstone oh i think it was suits oh yeah, still yeah that makes suits. sense i was trying to get through that yeah good show i have a prop for it you do um all right day nine a girl walks home alone at night now i'm glad that you didn't watch this one with me because you would have been so bored <laughs> you would not have gotten it um it's a very 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 artsy film um it's not for everybody i did enjoy it it's a super slow burn but like in a semi-satisfying way i guess um it's a iranian film i believe um it came it's out just the one that has Brigitte. yes Rajit is in it it doesn't go well for Rajit. um we're talking about how i met your mother if you haven't caught on yet uh so this one came out in 2014 it's in black and white and it's about this uh vampire this female vampire who basically she like walks the streets at night and you know tempts bad men and mm. eats them like a siren kind of like a siren <laughs> we're watching vampire diaries right now and we're to the sirens so yeah um but no i i really liked this it's um it's very genre it's again very artsy which i really appreciate in most movies sometimes you can get it wrong um yeah i can't i don't really have anything more to say about it other than that because i guess i don't really know how to describe it but i had a good time um if you're somebody like adam that doesn't like art and expression and black and white um you might not like it but i i enjoyed it um also i i think that elijah wood may have like executive produced this or had something to do with it i think okay. uh because i'm pretty sure i saw his name in the in the credits but so we just looked it up and uh he is a producer also what else did you find babe oh god what did i find? it's it's a uh it's a vampire spaghetti western which it's i forgot promoted as the first iranian vampire western Yes. That's a mouthful. Um, the director, Annie Poor, I can't remember her first name anymore. Uh, Annie Poor, she was a lifelong skater and she was a stand in for some of the skateboarding scenes. Yeah, because this, uh, so this this vampire, she um, she steals a skateboard from a little boy and uh, it's, it's not as malicious as it sounds. Um, and then she just kind of skates around in the dark. Like, yeah. it's actually pretty cool. Indiegogo. It was a. Uh, it was funded by Indiegogo. Yes. And then probably got caught. And then Elijah Wood was like, "I want in." Yeah. All right. Day ten. Hell House LLC. This one was pretty good. Yeah, we liked this one. Um, again, I talked about it a little bit last week. It is a Shutter original. Again, I think you can get it on Amazon Prime. It's so good. Um, it's a found footage film, and it's about a. Uh, there's this haunted attraction where on its opening night, 
like 15 people died mysteriously and no one knows what happened. Um, and then this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Documentary crew is doing a, a documentary on what happened and they come across these lost tapes and it's, it's very good. I've, I've never seen a found footage movie with quite this storyline. Um, there were some really, really good scares that weren't like necessarily jump scares, but it was like, you know, just like eerie things. Yeah. Oh God, it was, it was very, very good. Um, my plan originally was to do a Saturday where I watched, cause there's three of them. I was going to watch all of them and we watched the first one. And then that was the day that we decided last minute to go visit Jake in Des Moines. Oh yeah. So I didn't get to watch the other that two. Was that, was, that was a very fun day. We watched some Cobra Kai. We did watch a little Cobra Kai. We went to Zombie Burger the next day. Yeah. Recorded a podcast. I was proud of us for not drinking all that vodka. Yeah. We are growing up as people. We are. We are full blown adults. I don't really like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, day 11. This is another Shutter original that I talked about last week, The Cleansing Hour. I loved this movie so, so much. Like, it might be one of my favorites that I watched this year um, for the marathon. It's just everything about it is so phenomenal. Um, the acting is just, ah, ah, very good. I. <laughs> I threw my head back and knocked off my headphones. That's how good it was. In between Jamie Kennedy and Morgan Freeman, how good was I? Oh. Mm. Jamie Kennedy was just the worst actor I can think of. He's I don't know that that's true. Off the top of my head, it was the worst actor. Tommy was so, babe. A treasure. A national no, treasure. No, take that back. Don't justify that man's existence. <laughs> God. You, hey, okay, it, that was a bad movie, but that was the most fun bad movie I've that ever seen. That is literally proven that you don't need to have talent. You just have to have money to be successful. That's true. It's true. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that I am wrong. You're not wrong, but you don't have to celebrate. <laughs> I love The Room. Are you kidding me? Um, That spawned a really great James Franco movie, sir. And he won a Golden Globe for that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, back to the cleansing hour. Um, so it's about these two guys who have a web series where the one is a priest and every week he performs an exorcism. Um, but then you find out that I, I don't think that he's actually a priest. They did go to like Catholic school and stuff and he wanted to be one, but it, I don't think it ever states if he actually is. I'm going to assume that he's not. So it's kind of like the uh, Ed Warren. Yes and no, because he never he never claimed to be a priest. He just but was, in, like, of the church. In the movie, mm -hmm. he performed an exorcism. I think he may have actually done that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. and you don't, I don't think you need to be a priest. You just need to know. It, like, just, it, it just helps a little bit if no, you're yeah. really friendly with God. Right, right. <laughs> it depends on how much yeah. God likes you. Like, I think Ed Warren knew what he was doing, and uh, this guy obviously didn't um as i will tell you now so his best friend is the producer of the show and um one day they're getting ready for the show and their lead actress uh doesn't come in you find out that she was attacked by some kind of demon ah! oh and God. so 
the producer's fiance has to step in last minute and he's like please please do this for me whatever and uh she's like okay but uh we're i think she says you're gonna have to start working overtime because we're now going to bali for our honeymoon he's like okay whatever and so they start doing it and then very very soon you realize that something's not right and she's become actually possessed and this demon wants everyone to like confess their sins and while the show is live and it's it's just so very very good the writing is incredible some of these lines are just oh so good and uh, there's i still can't remember his name it's quentin something i'm pretty sure but he was in the remake of nightmare on elm street and he was in jennifer's body and the haunting in connecticut he's been in like a lot of horror movies and i just really enjoy him he was very good in this one um the special effects are really good it was the ending is incredible and you're like oh my god it's it's worth the watch um oh that one came out in 2019 so day number 12 um i had the day off of work because it was some kind of holiday oh it was columbus, columbus or, indigenous or indigenous people's day um and so whatever day like, you decide to call it the bank people didn't have to work right right so that's it right um so i decided that i was gonna do like a classic monster movie marathon because little shame to say i haven't seen or hadn't seen most of the like og monster movies so i watched um i watched dracula and frankenstein and the wolfman um so dracula came out in 1931 and uh, so did frankenstein and then the wolfman came out in 1941. these movies are all an hour long we need to get back to that i'm done with these like four hour long movies yeah i, I like i'm the, done like i like the good old-fashioned hour and a half yeah. Unless it's like a special occasion movie, like right. Endgame, you know, that one yeah. went long because it kind of had to. Well, and that, that's kind of like a quick moving three hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so I really enjoyed these. It's very easy to watch these and just be like, you know, um, the effects are bad and the story's slow and that's not scary and whatever. But you also have to remember that we've been desensitized <laughs> because at this time, these were the scariest things that people had seen in movies, right? And um, the idea, because Frankenstein's a zombie, like, yeah, you know, um, the idea of dead bodies, you know, coming back to life, like, was terrifying to people. And the idea that you're going to turn into a wolf was terrifying. And so looking at it like that, I could see how people were really scared by these um, I really enjoyed them. Uh, it, it's nice to kind of step back and, you know, think about how people almost a hundred years ago must have, you know, felt going yeah. to the movies for the first time and seeing this and whatever, because in our, you know, tech technological age, um, we get so many movies at the drop of a hat. Like, I mean, look, I streamed all three of these movies in like three hours, but back then, you saw like a movie a week and that was it. And then you could never watch that movie again, essentially. So it was just, it was just kind of cool. I, uh, I really liked them. Um, day 13, Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 remake. So I had seen this one before, but it was a long time ago. 
Um, so it was fun to watch it again. And I, I, okay. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this one because I was kind of bored by it in the middle. And when you're sitting there watching people running from zombies and you're bored, you know, maybe you're not doing something right. I do love the uh, Richard Cheese version of Down With The Sickness. You do. I listened to it a bunch when the pandemic started happening and I was just like, get ready to die. Yeah. If anyone was making more money, it was disturbed during the premiere. That's true. They, yeah. They made, made a post about it, how like they're the Down With The Sickness is making a comeback. Yeah. Come on, get down with the sickness. Um, and then I really liked the uh, the opening sequence, like the the credit sequence. You said that. Uh, yeah, Zack Snyder actually said the credit sequence was better than the actual movie. Mm -hmm. And it was an article I read about. Um, it was like five movie jobs that deserve their own Oscar. Yeah. And one of them was, because that was that guy's entire job, was to make the opening movie sequence. He and it, do, it was brilliant. He didn't do anything else, and that's just his job. It's like yeah. the guy who did the, uh, the Inner World. That, yeah. That guy. Like, that was mostly just one guy until he died. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. But, yeah, it was just one guy. Just, yeah. He was just paid to do the trailers. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I like this movie. I just, um, also... Real quick, you want to talk about uh, what zombie team you're on? Are you a fast zombie or a slow zombie person? I'm a slow zombie person. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, because, so I was watching uh, Eli Roth's The History of Horror on Shudder, and they were talking about um, zombies and how if you have a fast zombie, it kind of alienates some people. Like, you're not going to have a whole lot of little kids running in this mob, you know? And you don't see that. If you see, like, a little kid zombie that's running, it's just one little kid zombie or maybe a couple of them, whatever. Right. Um, also, you're not going to see a lot of heavier people running yeah. in a zombie horde. Um, and so, you know, also the thing that I like about slow zombies is that it's almost scarier. It's, it's the same thing that I like about Michael Myers, which is – He's slow, but you know he's gonna get you. Yeah. You know, and it's like you can you can run as fast as you want, but at some point these zombies are gonna catch you, and that's yeah. I really like that. Um, day fourteen, uh, heredity or her hereditary. I say it wrong every single time. I say heredity, but it's hereditary. Um, I have been wanting to watch this one for a long time. So it came out in 2018, and I remember when it came out, and I was I was watching the trailer, and I was like, I need to see this movie, and I just never did. Um, but I kept hearing how great it was, and it is. But this movie sat with me for a long, long, long time. Um, it's very good. It's very mind fucky. Um, you need to like you need to be able to sit with it. Don't like have plans right after this movie. Like have time to just sit there because literally the ending you were there the ending happened and then they play a Joni Mitchell song right after this like really weird traumatic ending happens and it was uh oh what's that one um something I don't know I guess I really don't love what know what love is after all or whatever um 
It's Cloud's Illusions, I recall. I know that's in there. There you go. Because uh, Tom Hanks talks about that and You've Got Mail. Tom Hanks. He goes, I could never be a fan, or I could never be in love with somebody that likes Joni Mitchell. It's Cloud's Illusions, I recall. I really don't know Cloud's at all. What is she, a pilot? Is she taking flying lessons? <laughs> Must be a metaphor for something, but I don't know what it is. Can you tell that I love that movie? I love that movie. Please don't sue me, Tom Hanks, for quoting that movie. Um, I think it would be the writers who would sue you. I don't think Tom Hanks eh. would really care. It could be under public domain. That movie came out in the 90s. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> um... So yeah, this was it, it was just it was very good. Um, it was a slow burn in parts, and then it would get really fast, and then it'd be a slow burn again. But I really liked it. Tony Collette, man, this woman is just a powerhouse. Um, she was the mom in the Sixth Sense, which oh, uh, uh, and then she was on um, that show. Oh God, uh, unbelievable! I think it was called, and it was the true story about the woman that she was raped, and basically the police oh, department. That's right. Yeah, I did. I, I actually saw that one in school. They made us watch it. No, it came out like a year ago. But yeah, the police department basically makes her truly believe that this didn't happen, and they make her recant her statement and stuff. And then you find out, like years later, that this guy kept raping women. And um, at the very end, the uh, the other police lady that's been working on this, who plays Elizabeth in um, New Girl, Schmidt's girlfriend. That's her name, right? It's not Elizabeth. Oh, the the love interest when that was competing with Cece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, she calls the police department there and is like, "Hey, I think that we've got some." Okay, yeah, now I remember this because I remember. <gasps> yeah. I remember watching, like, coming in, seeing. A couple yeah. Of oh, this meant. Mm, I was just like, "Yeah," because she's like, "We've got some information on a, on a case that is still open with you guys," and the guy goes, "Oh, yeah, that was so sad. Like, she ended up, you know, she made the whole thing up," and this police woman is like, um, I'm going to send you something. And it was the girl's ID that the guy had. And this police officer, dude, douchebag that he was just, you see it. He's like, the fuck have I done? And that was a true story that happened to a woman and it happens all the time. I'm getting off my soapbox now back to hereditary. So, um, just really good. But yeah, what? You're bouncing back and forth, so your sound is getting disordered. <laughs> you got to pick one level. That right here. I is... have, ladies and gentlemen, I have so many feelings. I have so many feelings. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this this movie. It's 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 weird in a very weird way. Like too weird for me, but it wasn't. It was just like you have you have to watch it. It was um, it it was something. Um, Day 15, The Evil Dead. So the reason that we watched this on the 15th was because we realized that it was the 39th anniversary. And uh, I was thinking about saving it to watch it on the anniversary until the 40th anniversary. But um, we're going to be a little busy that day. That's true. What are we going to be doing? Getting married. Yeah. So I guess I could watch The Evil Dead, but I'm going to be busy. So we should, we should send an invite to Bruce Campbell. We could send an invite to Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Bruce Campbell, if you're listening. <laughs> um, 
I love this movie. I just like everything about it. I love how it was made. I love the really cheesy effects that you know they were trying really hard. Like that was them giving it everything that they had with the yeah. budget that they had. I just, it's, mm, I love it so much. That movie is just proof that if you beg hard enough, you can get money to make a movie. That's true. They, they had to uh, beg their friends and family for money. Um, also, we have a little piece of brick from the fireplace. Yeah. We do. Um, but yeah, good, 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 good movie. Uh, day 16, The Howling. So this is from 1981. And it came out the same year as uh, American Werewolf in London. Which... I had a lot of feelings about that one because, you know, I'd always heard that it was really, really great. And I really loved the effects and stuff, but the story didn't really get me. Uh, this one, I felt like there was more of a story to it, whereas the other one, it was just like, let's make a werewolf movie and let's show a werewolf transition, like, on film for the first time, which that was really cool. But it felt like the story was kind of, you know, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the effects and the idea that they wanted to do that were first and the story was second. Whereas I feel like this story was more well-rounded. Um, and uh, what's her name? Dee Wallace. So I accidentally watched quite a few Dee Wallace movies this year. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. Um, it did kind of play on the whole like hippie, free love sort of thing that had been going on um, and, you know, made it about werewolves, but I liked it. And the effects are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen this one. I have not. All right. Day 17. It was a Tim Burton double feature, y'all. So I love Tim Burton um, so much, so, so much. Um, and I feel like knowing that one fact about me explains a lot about me. Um, cause you know, Tim Burton movies are fun, but dark, but you know, just a little creepy. And so, yeah. Um, so I watched Sleepy Hollow and Beetlejuice and I hadn't watched Beetlejuice in a while. And so it was fun to kind of be nostalgic about that again. Also, did you know Beetlejuice is one of only a handful of PG movies that has the word fuck in it. Oh my God. Yeah. Because he says, uh, he goes, nice fucking model. And then he grabs his area and it squeaks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I love that one. I really love Sleepy Hollow. I really, really, really love Sleepy Hollow. So those were two fun ones for me. All right. Day 18. It was a Halloween Town double feature. Um, so growing up, I just, and Halloween Town might have a lot to do with why I love Halloween so much. Um, so the original came out in 98 and the the uh, second one came out in 2001. And I can't, growing up, I always said that I like the second one better, but now as an adult watching them again, I don't know which one I like better. I love them both a lot. Um, and Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, the late, great, great Debbie also, do you know what I just learned the other day? What's that? So, the second one is all about Marnie and Cal, this evil guy. They found love recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, you told me this. Oh, did I? They Yeah, so they, they would go to, like, 
not necessarily cons, but like reunions and stuff like that, where they would, you know, see each other. And after all these years, like, apart, not necessarily apart, but like meeting up and whatever, they decided to go for a relationship and they're together now. Give it the old college try. That's so cute. Um, all right. Day 19, uh, the Slumber Party Massacre. So this one came out in 1982. I have so many mixed feelings about it because the first like 20 minutes is bomb. It's so good. It's so like point on. And then the rest of it's kind of sort of boring. And I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but the the guy, the the serial killer dude is like, he's so creepy and just the right ways. He has a friggin' drill. Like it's a long ass drill, which I've never seen that, like, as the weapon in a slasher movie before. So that was very refreshing. Um, the thing I didn't like, <laughs> there's a lot of very unnecessary nudity. And, um, like, to the point where there's a scene where all of these teenage girls, because it's always teenage girls, are, they're in the shower at school. And it, the camera's panning all of them naked, you know? And it goes up to this one girl and she's got her back to the camera. And for absolutely no reason at all, the camera pans down, mm-hmm. looks at her butt and comes back up. There's no reason for it. There's like nothing down there that she's reaching for. There's like no one hiding in that area. I it's, just want to show you a butt. It's clearly just like, look at this butt. Like, no. Um, and then there's a scene where all of the girls are at the one girl's house for the slumber party. And there's these two boys looking in the window because they're peeping tops. And these girls are just having a casual conversation in the one girl's living room, taking their clothes off. Yeah. Now, I've been a female at slumber parties. I will tell you, um, I wouldn't just casually be talking to my friends, taking my clothes off rubbing my boobs in front of them. And certainly I wouldn't do it in someone's living room. You do that in a bedroom. Like these were just clearly for the pervs that go to slasher movies just to look at boobs. You know what I mean? So I didn't like that. Um, Also, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending because there wasn't any real closure to it. Um, So they, they kill the guy and then they're just kind of rolling around on the ground going, Oh no. Oh no. And I, I don't dig that. But overall, I did really like this movie. Um, it was different, but like familiar. It was it was all right. Day 20, The Reanimator. Um, this was another one that I had been wanting to watch for a very long time. Uh, it's an HP Lovecraft story. Um, I really dug it. I really liked this movie. It's it's funny, but in not like an overly, overly like, this is a comedy sort of way. Um, there was a, a little black kitty that oh, yeah. dies and then comes back to life and then dies and then comes back to life. And I was like, I think I yelled to you, hand me Boo Radley. But again, the effects were very good. Um, this one came out in 1985. It had some really, really funny lines. Um, the overall story is really great. The acting is really good. Uh, oh, what's his name? Jeffrey Combs, I think. And he's in, um, he's the crazy cult guy in The Frighteners. The detective. 
Oh yeah. 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 But so this was a really fun one. Um, yeah. So day 21, I tried to watch cannibal Holocaust and I stopped watching it. Not for the reason that people normally stop watching this movie. Um, I, I'd been told for a very long time how disgusting and disturbing this movie was. And, you know, it was, I want to say that it was the first found footage film, but I might be wrong. Um, but people sued the directors because they thought this had really happened. They they thought that this was like real found footage. And they're like, how could you show this and whatever? Um, so I was on board. I was like, let's watch this. I was so painfully bored, so painfully bored that like 45 minutes in, I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I'm so, so bored. I can't get through another moment of this. And like... None of the, I had seen a couple gross things, but like, I was like, this isn't that bad. Um, also, I saw way too many penises. Like, yeah, just like, I, w- I wasn't, I wasn't there for this. So I, I turned it off and um, I turned on Phantasm. I was so disappointed by this movie because I, what are you doing to my cat? <laughs> He's a mummy. Adam is actively taking some a roll of toilet paper and wrapping it around Boo Radley. Get a pic, get a picture of him. Get a picture of him. Um, we'll put some pictures of Mummy Boo Radley um, on the Instagram. He does look pretty cute. Told you. That's a waste of toilet paper. In 2020, we can't be doing this. That's gold. Um, so yeah, so I've really liked the uh, theme song to Phantasm for a long time. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie finally. Um, again, I was painfully bored. So I switched off one movie because it was too boring. And then I just went to another movie that was boring. And so to me, okay, this movie came out in 79. And the acting is just not great, which it's in the 70s. I right. get it. Acting wasn't totally great in the 70s. You had a few hits, but you know. Um and it, I, I was just confused, like, through the whole thing. And But it didn't feel like one of those, you're supposed to be confused until the big reveal at the end. Like, I was just confused. Like, it seemed like in the editing room, they accidentally cut a bunch of scenes that were supposed to explain how we got from point A to point B. And I was just like, I didn't understand what was going on. There were those little sil- silver balls. That was never explained why those are there. Right. Like, I thought they were cool, but it's like, okay, what... Like, what's going on now? What's the purpose? You know? And it was just a lot of that. It was like, oh, this is happening? Okay, why is this happening? Like, and it's never explained. And, like, there was this twist at the end, but it just wasn't a great twist. And I just, I was very disappointed by it. Day 22, a classic and one of my favorites, Poltergeist. Um, So this movie came out in 1982. And everybody's heard of the poltergeist curse, which is not real. Because everyone's like, oh, it's because they use real skeletons. They've been using real skeletons in movies since movies were a thing. Because it was cheaper and they looked real. Because they are real. So not a real thing. Life is just shitty sometimes and shitty things happen. And we look for explanations because we can't accept that shitty things just happen. It's human nature, you know? Again, hopping off this soapbox of mine. Um, So there's something weirdly comforting about Poltergeist to me. um, And I don't know if it's just like nostalgia or what. 
But like I'd had a really, really rough day this day. And I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch something very comforting. I'm going to put on Poltergeist and everything's going to be fine. And um, I love this movie. The effects are very good. The acting's very good. And it's it's just a classic. Day 23, The Frighteners. Ooh, this one of my favorites. Yeah, this, I... So, you know those movies that are exactly what you need them to be? Yeah. When you need them to be? So, that was... This movie was that for me last year. And I just, like, I loved it. And it was, like, it had me feeling all the feels. And so, I was kind of worried to watch it again. Because I was like, I don't think I'm going to like it as much. Um, and then I watched it and I was wrong. I really, really love this movie. It's dark, but it's fun. And it's a family film, but it's not. And Dee Wallace is in it again. Yeah. And Jeffrey Combs, as I said. And Michael J. Fox. And um, I think you're right. I think this was his last like big movie. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's been in some other stuff. But... Um, it's very, it's got a very Tim Burton feel, feel, and it was even, um, composed by Danny Elfman, who, you know, does all of Tim Burton's movies, and it was just, I, you want to talk about it, because I don't have any adjectives. No, it's just a fun movie, it's a classic, um, classic ghost detective kind of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, he's scamming everybody, he has ghost friends, because he can see ghosts. Yeah, that's the thing that I love, is that, like, he's a con artist, but he's not, because he can actually see ghosts. He's just using the ghosts to trick people into giving him money, you know? So I really liked it. Yeah. Um, shout out to Ashley, who likes this movie, and a big F you to Jake, who doesn't understand why she likes this movie. So, um, all right, day 24, Ghostbusters double feature. So we had a wedding this day, so I started super, super early. And I was like, I'm going to get them both in. And I did. Uh, I mean, they're just classics. Yeah. They're just classics. Also, I love the fact that Dan Aykroyd wrote this movie because that's his family. Like, that's what they do. Like, what was it? His grandfather was, like, really into, like, paranormal research. And so he understood all of this stuff. And that's why he wrote this. Really pumped for the... A reboot slash sequel. I know. Well, isn't Rick Moranis coming back? I think that was talked about. He's coming back for sure for the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes, I adore Rick Moranis, as we all do. As long as he's healthy, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, he got mugged. Yeah. Poor Rick Moranis. Who? So, first of all, we need to track that guy down. Um, And I love the fact that, uh, oh, what's the, the song guy? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he was he was hired just to make a song for Ghostbusters, and they didn't really tell him, give him any instruction. They said, hey, we need a, we need a theme song. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out what the uh, where he wanted to go. He couldn't get it until he remembered that the Ghostbusters are basically like ghost plumbers. Right. You know, just some people that do your thing. So he made a jingle. Yeah. A commercial jingle. It's a very catchy jingle. Oh, excuse me. Um, day 25, E.T. I had never seen this movie, and I'm shocked that I have never seen this movie. It's another D. Wallace classic. I don't know if you even remember the ending. I do remember the ending. Yeah. 
This was that day that me and Rachel went to the paint and sip and I had had eight glasses of wine and I started the movie in the morning. And then I came home, <laughs> watched watch the ending, drunk on eight glasses of wine, but no, I remember it. Um, I really liked this. It, you know, it's a classic Spielberg. It's just, I, oh, it makes you feel so bad and then it makes you feel so good. I just, when he's like, he's like dead in the creek and the older brother finds him, I just started sobbing. And then, you know, he comes back and you knew he was gonna because he's E.T. Yeah. And then, you know, oh, the classic when he's like, I'll be right here. And he's like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's just very, very good. Um, there were a couple of things that I didn't really understand. Like, I didn't really understand uh, Peter Coyote's character. Because he's he's obviously like a government dude. And did he meet E.T. before? Like, is that what he's saying? Because he said something like he chose me first or something. So had he met him? And why does he let him go so easily if he's this scientist dude? Like, I, I was just confused by that. But um, overall, a very fun time. And... I mean, baby Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Can we get any cute? She's so cute in this movie. Um, Day 26. This is one of my all-time favorites. And it got even more favorite-ier um, when I realized some stuff. So I first saw this movie when I was, like, maybe junior high. I might have been a little younger. Um, it is a Stephen King book not a short story it's a book right um and it's got kathy bates and uh james can is it, it can or con i can't remember um it's just so good it like the writing is superb and the acting's phenomenal and just the overall story and it, it's just like so tense the whole time and it I just, I've always loved this movie. So I found something out and I don't know how I never knew this before. It's directed by Rob Reiner, which first of all, yes. The screenplay was written by William Goldman, who is the writer of The Princess Bride. And uh, Rob Reiner is the director of The Princess Bride. Now that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Then, I also didn't know this, and I don't know how I didn't know this, uh, Kathy Bates won the Oscar for Best Actress for this movie. Yeah. Which makes so much sense. And also, so I watched the video of her winning, and they're, like, talking about the nominees. Uh, Julia Roberts was nominated that year for Pretty Woman. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> that, she didn't win. She didn't. Um, and... <laughs> In her, in her acceptance speech, Kathy Bates says, I want to publicly apologize for the ankles. And you can just hear the crowd go like, ugh. Because <laughs> they all know, if you haven't seen this movie and you don't know what the ankles means, just YouTube with caution, misery, ankle scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh my God, it's just so painful to watch. Like, you don't even really see it happen. It's so painful to watch. But, um... This movie is just tremendous, and you wouldn't watch it with me, and I'm upset about it. I was bored. You didn't even watch it. You can't tell. He walked in and watched, like, maybe a minute. It was like, this movie's so boring. I watched 10 minutes because you made me come in for the hobbling scene, like, That's 15 true. minutes before it happened. I did. I was like, sit down. You need to watch it happen. You need to watch it. <laughs> I was very excited. Um, 
Oh, that movie came out in 1990. Um, so if you haven't seen it, just watch it. It's so it's so good. Um, day 27, Monkey Shines. I love this movie too. I love a lot of these movies. Um, yeah, okay. So the best part, so this movie came out in 1988. Also, it has a young Stanley Tucci. He's like 28 in this movie. He looks like he's 40, yeah. but all right. I see you, Stanley. Um, the So there's a lot of really good things about this movie, but for me, the best part of this movie is that there's this group that still exists and um, it's called, I believe it's called Helping Hands. And what they do is they train monkeys yeah. to help disabled people like... You know, like, um, like in the movie, the guy, he's, he, you know, can't move his entire body. What is that? A quadriplegic, paraplegic? I think quad. Yeah. Yeah. So Don't this, this, this monkey is trained to like, he says, you know, like turn the page and she turns the page and he says, um, call this person and she calls them and whatever. And so there's a real group that does this with monkeys and they used some of those monkeys, I believe, but they like trained the monkeys. Yeah, they're real smart. With these techniques. And it, oh, my little heart and their little capuchins and they're so cute. And the little, the little lead monkey. Um, I'm not sure if it was in, in the movie, it's a girl. I'm not sure if it's a girl monkey or a boy monkey, but the monkey's name is Boo. And I was like, oh my God, because Boo Radley. Um, and also they make it very clear from the beginning. They're like, some of these things seem traumatic. The monkeys are fine. The, the monkeys, monkeys are, are fine. fine. And I'm really glad that they put that right at the beginning. Cause like at one point, spoiler alert, the guy chomps down on the monkey's neck and just violently shakes his head. So he like breaks the monkey's neck and throws it across the room. To be fair, this was a homicidal monkey at this point and the monkey oh had God. to die, but it was just like, ah, but um, this, I just really like the writing's good. The acting's good. I say that on all of these, but like, that's what makes a good movie. And it's, it's very different. And um, who doesn't like a psychotic animal? True. You know, um, highly, highly recommended. Day 28, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 1974 original. Um, so I was talking before about how I've been desensitized. I watch a lot of horror movies. And when I was like 12, 14 years old, I saw the remake with uh, Jessica Biel. So I feel like already I was set to fail with this movie. Because again, I was just kind of bored. And I was like, well, this isn't shocking. This isn't gross. Because I've seen worse. But again, I can understand how at the time, you know, it really, it was disgusting to people. And, yeah. you know, we talked about this uh, on the first episode about how a lot of that stuff is real and the conditions that these actors were working in and whatever. But I was bored until like the last five minutes of this movie, you know? Um, but I mean, it's, I can tell like it's a good movie. Like if you haven't seen as much gory shit as I have, like you're probably, like I love the Saw movies. So already, right. you know, um, but yeah, personally, I wasn't a huge fan just because I, again, I was bored because I've seen, I don't want to say I've seen better, but I've seen more, I guess. Um, 
But yeah, again, we have a piece of the uh, the house and we have a piece of the uh, asphalt where he's doing this little chainsaw dance. Yeah, we have that. So, I mean, this movie will always hold a place in my heart, I guess. All right, we're getting into it. Day 29. Oh my God. Hocus Pocus. Um, so I might have to break up with Adam because at this point in his life, he's actively not watching this movie. He's never seen it and he doesn't want to see it. And I don't think I can marry somebody who actively doesn't want to watch Hocus Pocus. It's a nostalgic thing. If you didn't watch it when you're younger, it's not going to be good. Watch it with me now. I'll make you like it. That's not. Well, not like, I mean, like, you know how there are things that somebody else is so excited about that you're excited about it. It'll be like that. Um, just everything about, again, the nostalgia, Bette Midler, just Bette Midler, right? Uh, so this movie came out in 93. It's just so much, it's so much fun. <laughs> I, the, I put a spell on you scene is iconic. Um, Doug Jones, I, I want to say this was like his first big role, but I might be wrong. Um, He's, if you've seen The Shape of Water, he's the Gill Man. Um, he's also been in, like, everything he's that... Abe Sapien in Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, he's been in, like, everything that Guillermo del Toro has done. Um, which is very good. Uh, I just love this movie. And it's another reason that we should go to Salem for our honeymoon, because we can take the movie tour. Because they filmed it in Salem. It's true. Yeah. So, I just... Uh, I really like this movie. So, so, so much. Um, day, where are you? Oh, day 30. <gasps> We're getting into it. Um, the original 1978 Halloween. One of my all-time favorites. Um, based on the tattoo that is on my left shoulder, which is a picture of Michael Myers holding a knife. I tattooed that on my body. It's true. <laughs> so, I just... And I've kind of talked about this before. I love everything about this movie. Just, it was so, uh, it was such a trailblazer back in the day. It's like the reason that we have all these slashers now. It was the template. Michael Myers is the king of the slashers. I will fight anyone who says differently. Like, it's just, like, he just is. Because, again, he's, he's a slow-moving guy. He's just an ordinary dude. Unless you look at, like, the Rob Zombie re remake where it's like this tall ass guy, but right. he's just a normal, regular dude. Like he's not superhuman, at least in the first movie. And, but he's killing all these people like for no reason at all. And again, if you only look at the first movie, he just sees Jamie Lee Curtis and is like, Oh, I'm going to kill her. You know? So I just, uh, well, and John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis, this was her first big movie. And she, you know, she was following in her mom's footsteps because her mom's Janet Lee of psycho fame. Like, so she didn't like, she didn't want to be in a horror movie because she didn't want to be like Janet Lee's daughter now does horror just like she did. Right. But like at the same time, she was a struggling act actress in the seventies. And I think she did, she did a very rare thing, which was she did a lot of these horror movies and then she got out of the genre and she made all these incredible films. Like, that doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah, it happens more often than you think if you look back at it. Johnny Depp, Kevin Bacon, other people. Yes, but Johnny Depp didn't do a whole bunch of, well, I guess he did like scary Tim Burton movies, but you know, because um, a lot a lot of actors get their start in horror movies, sure, but she made like 
10 horror movies back to back to back to back. Um, but yeah, just Halloween is one of my favorite movies of all time. So very, very good. All right. Are we ready for the, the Halloween movie? Oh my God. The Halloween movie. Um, if you listened to last week's episode, you already know what I'm going to say. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. I have to watch it every Halloween day or it's not Halloween. And we were talking about uh, my love for the movie Halloween and how it's represented by my left shoulder. On my right shoulder, we have the lyric, Don't Dream It, Be It, which is from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I didn't really plan for both of my shoulders to be like Halloween movie references, but they are, and I'm, they not, are. Ups- I'm not upset about it. Um, the Rocky Horror is a very hit or miss movie. I've never met a person that kind of likes the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You either hate it or you love it. And I love it. So I, I was raised on this movie. Um, it's just Tim Curry, first of all. How, first of all, how secure was this man in his masculinity at the time? How brave? Like, because this was... Um, 1975 like this movie was so ahead of its time it's talking about transsexuals who you know that's not the term that we would use today but um and it's a musical which we've established that i love and it's it's basically like the the line is there's nothing wrong with giving yourself over to pleasure like it's all about feeling who you are it's about doing what feels pleasurable, which is sometimes sex, and sometimes it's not. It's just dressing as you want to dress and being who you are and being unapologetic to be who you are. And sometimes you create hunky men in your lab. So what? Yeah, sometimes. And, you know, um, this is a very bizarre movie. It's, uh, it's a parody of Frankenstein, which is why his name is Dr. Frankenfurter. Uh, it has a young Susan Sarandon. Meatloaf is in it. Uh, Richard O'Brien, who I believe wrote this, and it's just, he's just incredible. And the, I, this movie holds such a soft spot in my heart. I just adore it. And um, every time I listen to the Time Warp, and sometimes it's been in my car because it was on my Halloween movie, play, or my Halloween playlist, I've almost driven into cars. I've almost caused accidents. I probably shouldn't uh, listen to the time warp when I'm driving because you can't not dance to it. You can't not. You can't. So also, um, I would like to point out, Adam doesn't like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but on our, it wasn't really a date, but it was in between our first and our second date. It was like, you came over. It was the night of our first kiss because I just, I just moved to Omaha. And uh, you came over that Sunday. So it was two days after we moved in. And uh, you came over and me and you and Sarah and a gentleman of gentleman friend of Sarah's at the time watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we just sat on our living room floor with no furniture and we watched it. And you were like, yeah, I like this movie. And then I found out that you didn't. But it was all okay because you kissed me that night and now the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Rocky Horror is the Halloween movie. Fight me. So that's it. That was my that that was my uh, my marathon. Yeah. So uh, let me know which of those movies that you liked that I didn't like, movies that you didn't like that I did like, or movies that you wish that I had watched.
or movies that you watched. Talk to me about horror movies. Boom. Oh, my God, you scared me. <laughs> um, I am on Instagram as Don't Touch That It's Haunted. Um, you can email me at Don't Touch That It's Haunted at gmail.com. And what? What happened? Nothing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's. I didn't do a tightening the chains this episode. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I didn't really have anything to say, really, I guess. Yeah. No new news. No new news. No new news. Say that ten times really fast. No. <laughs> um, all right. So next week I promise I will do a little research, get an episode going for you. I'm just I'm tired. There's there's a lot that's draining in the world. Um and then again at work I've just been really I've been working a lot of overtime, which is gonna be nice come time to spend money on the wedding. Yep. So um, yeah, that's all I have. I will see you guys next week. And just remember, don't touch that. It's haunted.